Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days in May. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. Good night. It feels like this month is dragging on. Like I, I, I really feel like it's been months since I talked to y'all. And it's yeah. not even halfway through the month yet, at least as of recording. Good night. How did April feel so much faster than May? Right. 2020 is a crap year, y'all. It, it, it is it, certainly <laughs> something. I, I would say that's the nice term for it. That's the family-friendly or quasi-family-friendly term for it. <laughs> Correct. If you want to hear the real term for it, check out Patreon, where we don't have to censor it. I'm joking. <laughs> you realize How, that, only, that only applies to you, Anthony. <laughs> hey, I don't have to, we don't just censor ourselves. No one's holding you back. <laughs> How was your Mother's Day, Julia? It was good. It was really good. We did a socially distanced Mother's Day picnic in my parents' backyard. They just got a bunch of beautiful landscaping and they have a big old deck. So we got to see them and the kids got to, you know, just be outside. And my Marty got to see his mom for the first time in eight weeks. She came up. Um, Marty's grandma was there too. So it was good. That's we had awesome. fajitas. It was, it was great. I love, I I love that friend's reference. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. Anthony, how was your mother's day? My mother's day was nice. We went over to my parents' house and had a socially distant meal there too. Barbecue there too with my parents and Sarah and grandma and my mom's two sisters. Oh, you got to see family. That's good. That is good. Had you been out of the city in the whole? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Good. Good, good. I was picturing like World War Z, and that was the first time you'd exited the city. You know, like shopping carts everywhere, you know, empty shopping carts. I mean, I mean, if you want an idea of what it's like to leave, you know, picture the Walking Dead every time they go out on a run, stocking up with their, you know, guns and supplies, not knowing when they're next going to be back. And like. <laughs> oh, I love it. That makes That me sounds happy. like people driving from Midtown to South Tulsa. Yes. <laughs> Um, Anthony, what do you consider a barbecue? Well, that's a good question. What does a New Yorker consider barbecue? Yeah, burgers, hot dogs, roast pork, chicken wings. Okay, else we had? We had a lot. A bunch of different kinds of salads, like macaroni salad, wrong coleslaw, potato salad. Oh, Tom's pretty confident with the trolling game tonight, considering uh, it's his beloved movie. Where <laughs> no, that's just not what barbecue is, man. 
we're from Texas and live in Oklahoma. That is that none of that would pass for barbecue. Well, mac, potato salad goes with barbecue. The I hate potato like, salad. We oh, had it though. About that before. Have you had warm German potato salad? Yes. And you hate that too? I do. Weirdo. Weirdo. <laughs> Weirdo. Like the. Have you seen Ferdinand? The movie Ferdinand. I like that. Sadly, movie. I have. Oh, sadly, like it. my kids like that one. That's one of those where they liked it enough where I was like, "All right, this is okay." So it was like a Trolls World tour, but with a different movie. And you actually that. appreciated it. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's that. There's that one bull, um, bones. Who calls Ferdinand? He goes weirdo. Now that's how I think of the word every time I hear it. I think of it from Hocus Pocus. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> how was your Mother's Day, Tom? Uh, it was really low key. We did not do anything at all. We did not leave our house. Um, Ellie made Christine a card that she was so proud to give her. We were talking about it for like we did some. She and I did some crafting, and she kept whispering about it around Christine for like four days before Mother's oh Day. God. She was so She'd get up every morning, is it Mother's Day? Is it Mother's Day? And I think I got Christine the first true like mommy, like mom gift I've ever given her. I got her yeah. a heated foot massager. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's like a that's like an adult thing. I told her, you know, now that we're gardening and I'm getting her a foot massager, I feel like we've entered a new phase of adulthood. <laughs> And I found that you'll you'll find this interesting, Julie. I found this place that does these amazingly beautiful terrariums. Yeah, they're all made out of paper, and they look real. It's Ooh. an unbelievable paper craft. So she got one of those too. What did That's you? That's super mother? cool. What did I get? Mm-hmm. I got this necklace from my older two. Sorry, they chipped in. They got me a cross. Oh, necklace. that's beautiful. Yeah, that's very pretty. cool. Beautiful. And then Gabe made me my own video. So he filmed a whole bunch of stuff. Like some of it was funny and some of it was heartfelt. And he like used video editing software and he put like intros and he put like graphics on the screen. And I'll have to send you the video later because it's the most Gabe thing that's ever Gabed. Because, I mean, this kid is like, (laughs) it's one of those kids you look at and you're like, I don't even know how your brain works, but it is magnificent. <laughs> um, so I'll have to send it to y'all later, but that's what Gabe. So they went homemade card all the way, which is my favorite thing ever. Marty had a, awesome. yeah, Marty had a Valentine's day card, an extra Valentine's day card. And so he used that one, gave that to me as mother's day card. <laughs> it was great. It was so much fun. You know, we got to chill out and, we binge watched a very cool show on Disney Plus called Prop Culture. Have y'all watched it yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a documentary. I have like not, a, but I want to watch that. It's a six episode season, and they pick a different Disney movie every time and like nostalgic Disney movies. So Mary Poppins is the first episode. They do Tron, they do Pirates of the Caribbean, Nightmare, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, which was super interesting. And um, the Muppet movie, the first one. And it's a guy that collects movie props and he goes around per movie and digs into some of these amazing props from the movies and unravels the history of them. And it was super amazing. 
So we binge watched the entire show. (laughs) Uh, I also recommend the Mandalorian documentary, The Making of. Oh, I saw that. So it's good. Um, It's very good. Okay. Uh, Speaking of, did you see who they cast for season two? No. No. Oh, who's going to play Boba Fett? Boba Fett. They're bringing Boba Fett back. Yeah. And the person that's playing him looked familiar. I think he's a clone, one of the clones, isn't he? Okay. From Attack of the Clones. Okay. That's exciting. When is that season coming out? Fall. Fall. Perfect. They had already finished shooting before all this stuff happened. So they're finishing. Thank goodness for that. Finishing touches on it at home. Nice. So while we're giving recommendations, I have to pivot a little bit here and tell everybody, if you're not watching Mythic Quest on Apple TV, you are sadly, sadly missing out. What's it about, Tom? (laughs) Uh, It follows this seriously self-absorbed narcissist who creates a video game, and it doesn't sound interesting, but it is. Is his name Tom? (laughs) Ironically, his name is Anthony, which I wasn't going to bring up. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sure. Kidding. I'm kidding. His name is Ian, not Ian. It's Ian. Of course, because, it's Ian. Um, and it's everything that you would imagine. You know, like taking uh, taking Parks and Rec meets Silicon Valley. It's great. You know, what else is great. What? The fact that Disney Plus is releasing Hamilton like a full <gasps> year and a half early. Nah. July yep. 3rd. It's going to be like the best July 4th ever. I mean, perfect timing to release it, oh, right? Oh, yeah. It is perfect timing. I think, I think we'll need to do a Patreon episode or something for that one. That would be awesome. I can't I'm wait. totally down with it. I was uh, reading to... I got on a weird tangent today because of North Pole and was researching, you know, um, the, that we're watching the second North Pole, which is not as good as the first one. And I ended up down a rabbit hole reading about looking up all of the Saved by the Bell cast members. And the vast majority of them have done Christmas movies. Huh. It figures. That's funny. I Mark feel like Borges, the 80s and 90s real. stars have done Christmas movies at this point. Lark yeah. Voorhees and Lena Creel, were the, Lena Creel are the only two I couldn't find in Christmas movies. So if anybody knows if either of them did a Christmas movie, please let me know. Uh, I do want to plug one more thing before we move on. And that is, we've mentioned it before, but if you haven't checked out Jerry Davila's new podcast, Totally Wear Christmas, You Should. He just dropped an episode with Tom about He-Man and She-Ra, and it was so awesome and totally nostalgic. Uh, I did an episode with him on F- Frank L. Baum's The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which is the first Rankin-Bass thing I've ever hated on, <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, you, you, you should check that one out. That one was a lot of fun. You weren't wrong, though. Julia has a Cabbage Patch doll episode. What? You weren't wrong in your criticisms. No. It it was a lot of fun, though. Julia just recorded an episode on the Cabbage Patch dolls. Uh, You know, Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter has been on an episode. April Riley, who you've heard a million times, has been on an episode. His G.I. Joe episode was so fun to listen to. Because, like, I was not a, obviously not a G.I. Joe person. And, like, there was – I had no idea all of this stuff with G.I. Joe. Like, they you, ran out of money 
when they came to make snake eyes and that's why he's like a super simple figure yep. because you watched they the toys that make us on netflix you should i have not i started the movies that make us haven't gotten to the toys yet oh did you watch the home alone one that one was super i did good. it's I feel like we need to do an episode on that episode of the movies that made us just to reiterate I, stuff that they said. I mean, I had no idea. I'd be so totally good. down for that. But toys that make up make the toys that make us are just as good. But um, GI Joe, do you remember that episode of Friends where Ross is trying to get Ben off Barbies and into GI yeah. Joes? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I I love that one. Rachel and Chandler in the hallway talking and Ross just comes out with the belt tied around his head. You'll never catch me, Joe. And pretends to get shot and fall down. That was awesome. Everything about G.I. Joe was terrible. Um, Check it out, though. It's such a nostalgic podcast. So, uh, real quick, real quick, before you do, you launch us into this week's movie, Tom, uh, have you guys been watching John Krasinski Some Good News? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you see he got the whole office cast to do the wedding bands for that couple's wedding? That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such good programming. It I don't really know what to is. call it. It's not. It's what we need right now. That's what we It is what it. we need right now. That's what we should call it. Yep. It is what we need. And if you not, if you all are not watching it, listeners, you should be. Because it is 10, 15 minutes of the day where you can just forget all the bad news that's going on in the world and just smile and get yep. all warm and fuzzy inside. It's wonderful. It I love is. John Krasinski. So before we begin this episode, I'm going to preface it. The second North Pole is not nearly as good as the first. I think we should get that out of the way now. I liked this one better. Did you really? I did. Um, as we were I'm watching- I'm saving all comments until later. I will tell you this, as we were watching this, Christine kept making snide comments. And when I told her this was my pick- Oh no. <laughs> yeah, she gave, me, she gave me a hard time. Thank you, Christine. So tonight- <laughs> We are covering the sequel to North Pole, which is North Pole Open for Christmas. And um, one frustrating thing I had when I was searching this movie is for whatever reason, they chose to make the North Pole in this series one word. Yep. Yeah. North Pole. Not sure I understand that at all. Oh, I do. It comes down to Hallmark. They probably wasted their... <laughs> yeah. yeah, what does that mean? It came down to their cheap budgeting. They probably spent all their money on that really bad CGI North Pole and they couldn't afford to add the extra space on their marketing. Anyway, continue. Uh I don't have enough affinity or hate for this movie for my own synopsis, so I'm just gonna read one. <laughs> when Mackenzie inherits her aunt's once majestic inn, she decides to sell it. But as she starts fixing up the rundown place, it proves to be more challenging than she anticipated. Then the magic of Christmas intervenes with unexpected help from elves, showing Mackenzie who she really is and revealing her true love. Okay. Sounds like a Hallmark movie. So it is a Hallmark movie. And wherever you, whenever you watch it, it's got the awkward pauses for commercials. I wish they wouldn't make that so awkward. 
Oh, that's everything we watch, though. That's a made-for-TV movie or episode. Some of them don't feel as, like, harsh in the break, though. These, these breaks felt very harsh to me. I didn't see any product placement, though. You, you watch at 1.5 speed. Is that why you like this movie better and missed all, the, <laughs> missed all that? <laughs> you also didn't see the full screen. <laughs> That's true. That's, Folger's can was probably just out of screen. You're right. This movie it, uh, came out in 2019. And as we said, it was a Hallmark original. It is directed by Douglas Barr. Um, Douglas Barr did things like uh, that I had never really heard of, like... Dead Badge, Secrets from the Mountain, The Wizard, and Space Invaders. He had some roles, uh, some some uh, gigs as an actor as well. Uh, did a lot of one-off TV episodes. Um, and he was our director for the original North Pole. So if you want to hear about, more about him. This movie is written by several people, including Greg Rossin, Brian Sawyer, Tippi Dabrowski, and Neil Dabrowski. And none of them really had anything that I see worth mentioning. As awful as that is, they were involved in the first North Pole. And uh, as we covered when we talked that movie, several other made-for-TV Christmas movies, like a ridiculous number of them, including writing, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Including writing set in, in 2017, writing seven Christmas movies, eight Christmas movies in one year. Man. And don't you wish you had that job? I do. I mean, I bet those and are all highly original. Seven, yeah. Place. Yep. Our star is Lori Laughlin playing Mackenzie. Lori Laughlin is best known for her role. For heading in to jail House. for the college admission scandal. <laughs> She's best known for the college admission scandal. <laughs> and then Full House. And then Full House. And then Full House. And then, and then Fuller House. <laughs> she plays Was she in Fuller House? Yep. They oh, all have they all have cameos. Gotcha. She plays Aunt Becky or Rebecca Castopoulos. She has done other made-for-TV movies, a lot of garage sale mystery movies, which just sound absolutely terrible. She's garage done other sale Christmas mystery? Garage sale mysteries, murder in D minor, garage sale mystery, picture of murder, garage sale mystery, the mask murder, garage sale mystery, Pandora's box. And those were all just in 2018. I don't even know what those are. I don't know. Let's see what network they're with. Probably Lifetime. They sound like Lifetime. Hallmark. Oh, there you oh. go. Yeah, Hallmark, Hallmark movies and mysteries. Oh, which the Hallmark podcast has started covering now. I guess because they took off. They're doing all Hallmark now. You can cut that out. They're probably getting Less paid than. to do that now. Yep. Yep. Bastards. <laughs> she... That reminds she me of the Friends episode where she's having one? her baby. Where where mm, Rachel's yeah. having her baby and Debbie Mazar's in the bed next to her. <laughs> yeah, you bastard. You bastard. You, you were taking a peek, weren't you? You filthy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Our lead elf for this movie is Anthony's favorite actress, Bailey Madison. And we have covered her more than once. So I'm going to go ahead and skip her. If you want to hear more about Bailey Madison, go back and check out Pete's Christmas or 
the our first the first North Pole movie. Or you can skip you can skip torturing yourself and realize she's been in both of those and Once Upon a Time. They're probably her most notable credits. She was young Snow White, wasn't she? Made me hate Snow White. You didn't even like her in that. She is I'm I'm saving all everything I have to say about this movie and the people in it for a few minutes from now. So Next up, we have Cutie McCute Face, according to Julia, Dermot Moroni. We've already covered him as well. If you want to hear our thoughts, our in-depth coverage of him, you can go back to the Christmas Train episode. Uh, and that's really all I'm going to cover. That's all that's worth covering in this movie, right? What about Santa? I don't. Um, I mean, I don't think he's worth covering. <laughs> I don't either. Okay. Donovan Scott, there was a best Santa. known for the Police Academy, Back to the Future, I Know Who Killed Me, uh, Death to Cloud. He was in the TV series Klaus in 2014. He was Santa Claus also in Big Daddy. He was in the TV movie Switch, Santa Switch and Matchmaker Santa. So um, he's God, got some Christmas. Cast Santa multiple times, even though he... He mm. also played Santa on Frasier. What? Okay, oh, I was been not on the expecting show before. Was he the, the jolly one? Santa. Was he the he one Roz was into? Oh my god. He gosh. was the one from Merry Christmas in 2000. He played Santa where we had Mary. So I don't remember him being very memorable. Hmm. Seems like a trademark of his. <laughs> and he's done how many more movies than the rest of us, y'all? Uh, <laughs> there are a bunch of people in a bunch of movies that I think any of us could outact. That means nothing. <laughs> Just um, because you can doesn't mean you should. Can we go to histories? Um, we can. I do want to read a review, though, from this movie that I thought that I found when I was researching that is from 2017 and is... <laughs> ridiculous it says <laughs> old people can fall in love too watching these two 50 somethings sleepwalk through the twilight of their career gives this movie a special place in the film school case studies of corporate groupthink cookie cutter productions how do you feel 90 minutes with dialogue without really saying anything north pole open for christmas is your answer my christmas advice go to bed early i mean they don't Seen They're not old, old people. No. <laughs> I just thought that was brutal. It was pretty brutal. Anyway. Did you write that Anthony? one, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, I'm got, oh, it, had, I'm it had no hate for Bailey Madison, so we know it wasn't Anthony. Oh, okay. True. Good point. You, you know what? I think I'm going to shock you. Can I do my history? Yeah. Good. Okay. So I watched... Okay. So as everyone who listens to this show knows, I couldn't stand... The original North Pole. I give it a three when we covered it last year, which in retrospect seems a little high for me. But it does. <laughs> but coulda, woulda, shoulda. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So I thought after we put that one to bed, that would be the end of it for me. Until at the very end of the episode, Tom revealed we would be revisiting this Elf and North Pole in a sequel. <laughs> And here we are, a year later, revisiting it. So I watched this film a few weeks ago. 
And then I watched it two more times since then. I really liked it. What? Did you really? No, I didn't like it. I'm trolling you, Bob. <laughs> wow, I was uh, uh, very confused. Uh, I cannot. I did not like it. I will not be revisiting this North Pole or any movies of Bailey Madison in the future. And that is all I'll say until you two do your histories and then Tom allows me a chance to rant like I gave him in Better Watch Out at the very beginning of that discussion. Thank you. So were you- you gave it to me. I think I took it. Oh, listen to the episode. I said, Tom, would you like your chance to rant? You said yes. So I'll take my chance now. But anyway. Did you actually watch it three times or was that part of the haha? No, I did. Oh wow! Why? What? In yeah, this movie why did you, you watch, watch it three, three times? times? <laughs> the, fir- the first time, the first time I watched it, I was, you know, how sometimes you're distracted, whatever. I wanted yeah. to at least be able to discuss it, so I did watch it again right before recording, and then recording got pushed back. So I did my due diligence and watched it again. So it's fresh on my mind. It's pretty big of you. So she's not gonna lie. Oh yeah. Nope. Anthony's never heard those words from a woman in his life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we know this because April Riley told us. I, I, every <laughs> time. Every time. Every time that's what she said comes in, Anthony. I'm going to be like April Riley. <laughs> you know, I think her giving me that gym is like the greatest Christmas gift I've ever received. <laughs> What are your <laughs> Tom's over here cracking himself up, so thanks, April. <laughs> Julia, what's your history with this film? Um, so I I didn't know this one existed in the same way I didn't know the first one existed. Um, so I don't have a long history with North Pole. I did not enjoy the first North Pole. Um, I actually liked this one more because it's got it's got some Christmas movie tropes that I happen to really enjoy, frankly. Um, and it's got Dermot Mulroney in it, and I'm okay with that. I'll watch him for 57 minutes at 1.5 speed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Hallmark. So I have to fully admit my level of expectation and my bullet points for making a good movie are altered to fit the Hallmark scale anyway. So it is what it is. Tom. What's your history with North? I saw this. I saw this movie several, a few years ago, um, and I didn't really watch it or pay that much attention to it. I saw it because I liked the first North Pole, as cheesy and hokey as it is, um, and this one just felt tired to me. I don't know if I felt that way the first time I watched it because, like I said, I didn't sit down and like you know critique the movie as I was watching it. But yeah, I, I don't love it. And Anthony, go. (laughs) Where to begin? How about we start this movie makes other Hallmark movies look like masterpieces. That's number one. This movie was nothing short of a travesty. Travesty. (laughs) If If I ever got taken prisoner in a third world country all they'd have to do is show me this five minutes of this movie and i'd reveal every state secret i knew this was awful this was 
terrible. This girl cannot act. How she got a start in Hollywood is beyond me. I don't know who her parents knew or what they had to do to get her a job, but how she keeps getting work is <laughs> incredible. That's number one. Number two, I've said it before, Dermot Mulrooney is a B-list actor who somehow makes his way into A-list movies. When he comes across as an Oscar-winning A-list actor in a film, you know he is surrounded by people who have no business being on your television screen, which no one does. This is the worst Santa that's been in a movie, and I'm including a Christmas story. Lori Loughlin, she, I don't remember her being this bad on Full House, but clear, but who freaking knows? It's been so long since I've seen that show. She's awful. I, I don't know. The terrible CGI, worst North Pole to go with the worst Santa. Not to mention, why the heck does Santa give a crap about this woman's in? Why? It's it's a okay. How did you watch this movie supposedly three times and you didn't even get the basic premise? There I know. Outposts. He, he shouldn't there, care about that in. There are outposts for Christmas magic that he needs for refueling the Christmas a magic. To stupid. Life. That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. I could deal no, with it's, it's so Christmas many Christmas spirit. This was a travesty. This was offensive to me. The, and my Christmas the elf clausometer hey, hey, was get, just you, as you, stupid. You, you will get your the elf clausometer makes sense. That's Christmas spirit around the world. It's measuring. No stupid outposts. That's number one. This is a travesty. This movie was offensive to me. I find it more offensive than than Black Christmas, the remake. I find it more offensive than Fred Claus. I find it more offensive than Better Watch Out. In fact, there are only two movies on our list I've rated a zero, but I'm going back and forth with myself right now, whether this seems to be the third one or whether I can give it a few points, like point zero something, because this movie was awful. The people in it were awful. The script was bad by Hallmark standards. To call this a Hallmark movie is offensive to every other Hallmark Christmas movie. I, if this is a person, this would be the person I would go and hunt down on Purge Night if the Purge is real. That's how bad this movie was. I can't wait to be done with this movie and bury it and be done with it. It was awful. And you can't say anything about any movie I've ever put on the list for making me sit through this. Ever. I would watch this 100 times back to back before I would watch Better Watch Out again. <laughs> you know what? You know what? 100 <laughs> times. I would rather watch Kirk's Cameron Saves Christmas over this garbage, this hot garbage. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just going to say, Anthony, <laughs> I'm feeling like you ever. went back. I feel like you're going back and listening to what I said and repeating it back to me verbatim. I'm going to have to throw I, out the necessity to be a little more creative in your critique. Just a little. I'm, gonna, I'm going to I'm throw feeling, I'm feeling some serious plagiarism right now, and it's not, it's not cool, bro. <laughs> not cool. Identity theft is a sincere form of flattery, so I thank you. Wait, I would be thanking you because you copied me. 
<laughs> wow, this movie has Anthony Fletcher. This is flustered. such a Dwight Jim conversation. <laughs> this is such a Dwight Jim conversation right now. Uh, you're co- you're copying me. <laughs> then Jim just continues to troll him. But point is, it's awful. It is awful. It's just awful. Cinematography, music, look, special effects, acting, you name it. Costumes. And if I, and if I have to see this Bailey Madison in a movie or TV show again, it'll be too soon. It'll be too soon. And she's 20 now. And she has 3 million Instagram followers, so. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'm not gonna. Anthony, I'm posting something for you uh, that I think will help Enchanty right now. Something tells me it won't help. Tom, you are such a troll, I swear. I just felt like like there was a loop in your brain that, that couldn't get past the word awful. So I sent you the thesaurus for the word awful. <laughs> yeah, I find I find you're trolling. <laughs> pedantic. <laughs> and if you have pedantic on your Tis the Podcast bingo card for the night, please mark it off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we I don't know how we got on that word, but it seems to pop up every couple of days or every couple of episodes. Um, so I wouldn't say this is pedantic as much as I would say it is overly formulaic, even for a homework movie. I will give you that. And it felt overly long too. It's an hour and twenty-four minutes, and even on one point five speed, it felt like three hours. Even with the commercial breaks built in. You you can't blame that on the movie. That may have something to do with COVID. <laughs> COVID is slowing down time. <laughs> like seriously, no. I, and I'm 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 just going to this. When I was watching House, those episodes seriously, I really enjoyed them, but it still felt like it was two hours long. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, so let's just go through this movie really quickly. We open up with. Bailey, Madison, and Santa at the North Pole. I would think... Can we at least agree he's not any of our I, Santas? I don't want to give oh, Anthony... he's bad. Any, I don't no, like him. No, I don't want to give Anthony any fodder. But I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to throw him a bone here. And um, I would think with all of the Christmas movies Hallmark has done over the years, the sheer voluminous catalog that they have, their costume storage must be immense. Is this really the best Santa outfit and beard they could pull out for this episode? No, it's not. Because let's go back. Let's go back to one of the earliest Hallmark movies we did, and maybe the first Hallmark movie we did. And I know we weren't all fond of his portrayal of depressing Santa, but he looked like Santa, and that's Charles Durning in Mrs. Santa oh, Claus, yeah. which was a Hallmark movie, and Absolutely. he looked like Santa. Yeah. Absolutely. They've, they've done good stuff. I don't know why they... I mean, just reuse the same costume. Or even better yet, let's cast the same Santa. Let's find a good Santa and recast him over and over again. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody would have a problem with Hallmark creating a cinematic universe where we always have the same Santa. I think we no would all rather them have the good one. Um, yep. But the this Santa has outposts throughout the world that are centers for Christmas magic where he 
needs to like refuel. They're essentially, uh, if you play video games, they're the little ramp up, speed up circles you race through in racing games. They're what keeps his freaking sleigh flying, and they're annoying. So there's an inn, the Northern Lights Inn, that ha- that has an owner who has recently passed. I guess the other thing I'm confused about, it was over a year ago. She passed away by the time the Mr. Elfman comes to visit her. Um, it been that long? She said, well, why are you just now getting to me? It's been a year. Oh, that's right. So I don't know what was going on in that other year time frame that they had, but apparently somebody was, was lax. Maybe the inn was just operating by itself. But we have this highfalutin woman who is running auctions and i guess is a really good she has appraisals right appraisals for an auction company yep um which i guess is she's really good at which she does she does appraisals and then she convinces people what they should do right she yeah she's like a she's like a ball she's skeezy she She goes in she determines She's value like a, on something based on the amount of money she can equate it to. That's yeah, her sense of yeah. value is what money would this draw? Yes. Right. So she's superficial. She's very superficial. And she has to go, Mr. Elfman, the lawyer who comes to her, convinces her to go back to this place. Uh, we learned the backstory, which is really dumb, that she used to, her dad worked a lot at Christmas. We don't find out what his industry is but whatever it was kept him away from home at christmas so her dad sent her to her aunt's inn in vermont for christmas you know like you do abandon your child every year at the holidays so you can Um, travel so dumb 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 so dumb i can't argue with you either dang it (laughs) (laughs) so so she she was with her aunt, and one year while with her aunt, for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, she went she she got taken to the North Pole because of this outpost, and she believed it to be true, and told the story. And her dad, obviously being the winner of a father that we know he is, decides well if she believes this, it's obviously her aunt is putting these crazy thoughts into her head, so we gotta get her out of the situation and away from from crazy aunt. Which also doesn't make sense to me as a logical next step in this scenario. But it's what dad does. So Looking for logic in this film is like trying to find a needle in the haystack, Tommy. So she has gone years now without seeing her aunt or being at the inn. But apparently we learned throughout the episode that her aunt still goes around talking about her, even though she hasn't seen her in years, which also feels a little bit odd. But, you know, hey, teach his own. She goes back and she's, you know, wheeling and dealing when she walks in the door, ready to, <clears throat> ready to sell her, her in and make money and walk away because she sees the 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 as Anthony said she or as Julia said she sees value only in monetary worth, and this in is a cash cow she thinks so she's gonna sell it, but then she meets Dermot Mulroney. I'm not even gonna mm-hmm. use their names because their names weren't important enough to care. Oh, and except when for whatever, except, for, in. except for whatever, hold on, except for whatever reason, 
when she sees Santa, she decides to go by Mac instead of McKinsey. I, I think that's supposed to symbolize some growth. Well, all I know is when Dermot walks in, here I am hoping to myself that he's at the FBI coming to take her away for that college admission scandal and that this movie will be cut <laughs> drastically short because the inn will be forced to close and Santa won't be able to visit this stupid small town. But no, he's a handyman, which is delightful. So you think in your scenario <laughs> in Dream Come True, I, I, I just have to clear this up, Anthony. I'm, I'm sorry, I really do. In your dream scenario, Hallmark somehow predicted years in advance that Lori Laughlin was going to be in a college scandal for the daughter that her character doesn't even have and is going to get arrested by the FBI in this film to ruin Christmas for the Northeast. Now Tom's, trying to look, now Tom's trying to look for logic in a debate, which is also like okay. trying to find needle in a haystack. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, but wait, let's take bets now. Because it's already confirmed Hallmark was going to make a movie about the college admission scandal. Are they going to okay. get Lori Laughlin to play herself? Oh my gosh. Let's take bets now. <laughs> That's cold. And I that think she might cold. just because she has no other career ahead of her otherwise. <laughs> I mean, like, oh. her her career is over, y'all. Mm-hmm. Did she have one besides Hallmark? Dude, she was on Fuller For some Hall. people, Hallmark is their career. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what, Kennedy? And who are we to in, say? You Anthony? star in 50 Christmas movies a year. Why? I wish I had that career. I'm not knocking her career. I'm just saying, did she have a career besides Hallmark? I don't think she did. I don't know, but that's still a better career than any of us have. So she meets Dermot Mulroney and his daughter. And her daughter is a very abrasive young lady. She is who, abrasive. <sighs> who, within meeting Lori Laughlin, within two minutes of meeting her, she's telling her dad, this woman has commitment issues, which yep. is a really, really odd thing for a child to be noting. Yep. But her mom's dead, so I guess we're supposed to give her some grace. I don't know. They tried to do this thing where the child is wise beyond their years, like... You know, we just covered house last week. It's like the children house often deals with. They're wise behind their years and noticing, like, making observations. Normal children wouldn't. It's kind of a mm-hmm. trope that's annoying to me in film and TV, actually. Yeah, you hers know? just comes off like like a loud mouth instead of brat, a brat child. Oh, that's so cute, what she just said. It wasn't, yeah. was it, at all? No, it wasn't. Uh-uh. It, made, it put a distaste for this child in my mouth. From the onset. Yeah. And I don't like to start movies with kids I don't like. Yeah. But, you know, we take what, we, what we're what we given, and uh, that's what we have at this point. <laughs> that's so, so basically, you didn't <laughs> imagine you're me, Tom, and imagine putting this film on and seeing Bailey Madison two minutes into it, and you imagine in your head, I hate watching starting movies with kids I don't like. Well, that's how I felt this whole movie. <laughs> So, as we go through, she's she's in this position where she's like, oh, do I want to? Don't I want to? And the call with her boss, okay, she has a call with her boss where she tells her boss she's, she's considering not coming back to work. Uh, well, actually, I guess it's before that, isn't it? When the boss calls to give her the good news that she's getting promoted, right? Um, and she's like, you've, she, the boss, for whatever reason, feels the need to tell her, you've worked for this your whole life. As if that wouldn't be something that she would already be 
cognizant enough. Right. It felt like a really odd line to tell somebody. Yeah. Uh, it was bad writing. And also the other bad writing I didn't like, the fact that her boss is like, you could be the new me. Like, that's a weird thing to say too. That shows a lot of... And I feel the need to interject so, here for our listeners. Could you, who, could you get the rest of your body on the screen, please? Thank you. It's weird when you're a floating head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you see it keep happening, Julia? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I feel the need to interject here for our listeners who haven't seen this movie. When Tom keeps saying there's bad writing, I am 100% agreement with him. Because this movie makes the writing on other Hallmark films look like uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote them. That's how bad the writing is on this particular Hallmark original movie. It's like they have a list of dialogue elements that they tend to have in lots of these movies and they just used all of them. Let's just knock them out of the park. One foul swoop. Um, so she gets, she starts feeling her emotions getting played, like between the obvious manipulation by, I mean, the absolutely obvious manipulation by Dermot Mulroney and his daughter. Um, throughout this, Bailey Madison is trying to help her find her way. It's the thing they keep saying, something along those lines. It's just very awkward and, again, feels unnatural and weird. But, mm-hmm. you know, she has, she can't tell her about anything related to this story, which also feels like you're setting this kid up for failure, so, which I know Anthony's going to say, she doesn't need to be set up. She already is a failure. I know you don't like Bailey Madison. <laughs> Thank you for words in my mouth. I agree. <laughs> but I, I do want to say here, why is Santa delegating his elves to help these people find themselves? That comes across to me as lazy Santa. And I don't like lazy Santa. We've discussed this before in films, that there's a fine line for all of us about what an elf should do and what Santa should do. And an elf trying to help somebody find themselves or find their Christmas spirit or whatever does not sit well with me. That should be Santa's job. We have lots of movies where the elf is pivotal in helping the person find themselves. Which ones? Elf. Bernard elf. helps. Elf? Well, Bernard God. helps. Santa. Scott but Calvin, Santa himself find himself. You have Dudley Moore in Santa but that's Claus a, that's that kind a mo- of helps But Santa those are movies about him. Santa's becoming Santa. This is a movie where Santa is established in helping regular people. And that doesn't sit well with me. I can make the, I can, yes, you are 100% correct. Dudley Moore and Bernard and Buddy. Buddy doesn't help Santa at all. Buddy helps his dad because his, Santa was just too lazy and gave he up. Says the re- besides the, Buddy. Besides those three. And I, I'll give Buddy a pass because that movie was about Buddy finding himself as much as it was Buddy helping his dad. And in the end, you know, Santa had a part to play still in that during the climax. But here, I, I don't like these movies where Santa, again, is sending elves out to help people find the Christmas spirit. Miracle on 34th Street, Santa was in prison and he was still pivotal in helping all these people find Christmas spirit. Hmm. So that's just I a don't know. break of mine. I don't, I don't have that point. same beef. 
Yeah, I don't mind it, but. To each his own. So, uh, the other thing, Santa set her up for real failure. She says, I need some help down here. Is there anybody you can spread or anybody you can share? Spare. And he's like, nope. Yeah. So that bothers me more. Not so much that it's the hel- the elf that's assisting the people. It's the fact that <laughs> Santa doesn't have time. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean. You had a little Freudian slip there, the help. Exactly. That's how I feel Santa <laughs> views the elves in this one. The help. I'm going to send the help out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I didn't care about this Santa was that he straight up says, I'm, I'm too busy, you know, to, to deal Nobody with has that. time for you. I sent you on this mission that you can't do by yourself. Right. Figure it out. Right. That bothered dumb. me too. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Dumb. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. Uh, one one so, day we need a clip show where we f- edit together like Tom Trolls and then like all of us do the dumb, so dumb, dumb. Every time somebody says pedantic, just like <laughs> <laughs> all the Tissa podcast episode troops. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm adding Anthony's hot garbage that we finally got him to say. Finally. <laughs> Took long enough. It did. It was a lot of work, y'all. A lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lori Laughlin begins to get feelings for Dermot Mulroney like in what a week she's yep. considering throwing away her whole life to stay here at this place with Dermot um, feels like a bit of a quick move to me but again uh, hey, as far as know, Hallmark is concerned <laughs> uh, that's true this was like 12 right. lifetimes in Hallmark wasn't it yes that's right <laughs> Um, so she's gonna she goes back and forth goes back and forth she commits at one point that she's going to make this decision and then she changes her mind and then Bailey Madison has no choice but to take her to the North Pole and we see this amazingly beautiful rendered North Pole for those who, it, it, that sounded almost too genuine. So I'm going to clarify for listeners who can't see Tom, he was being sarcastic. I mean, the special effects are just like Awful. really, really terrible. Dumb. They were terrible That's in the first all one. All I can also. think of as an answer now. That's all I can think of, Julia. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. They were they looked like '80s special effects. Like if the '80 if in the '80s they'd have fully CGI North Pole. That's what it looked like it would be. Yeah, like a low budget '80s. Low budget B movie from the '80s. Yes, they were bad, and it's so distracting because like if it had been pulled off well, I think it would have been a beautiful North Pole, right? Just got some silliness in the workshop that I'm never a fan of. But, like, if the CGI had been on point, I could have gotten down with some of the elements of the North Pole. I could have, too. I can't picture it being fully... I can't picture what a nice rendering looked like. would look like this one was so bad. Do you ever feel like you find yourself given over to hyperbole, Anthony? You know what? You're one to talk, my friend. (laughs) That's that's the inherent joke here. <laughs> that I am suggesting somebody else is, is far too hyperbolic. Oh, so... Man, I'm losing interest in even talking about this movie at this point. Um, 
So Lori Laughlin <laughs> goes to the North Pole and she's like, oh my gosh, it's real. I thought it was real. It's real. All these years, oh people God. told me it's not real. It's actually real. <sighs> dumb. So dumb. Dumb. <laughs> and so Lori Laughlin's back on board, right? And she has like a new commitment to the project. We got to save this in. This is important. Let's make this happen. She goes back to the inn and she like loses her will again at some point. And I can't quite remember what makes her like lose the commitment. Oh, it's because her boss shows up, right? While they're building the snowman and he's like, time, watch, is it her oh, boss? It was the realtor. Brother? The realtor. The realtor. He's like, I'm going to buy this thing like soon and tear it down. And she's like, all is for naught. It's never going to work. And while this is happening, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, and I get it, Tom. I get what this, I get Santa has these stupid outposts. But I'm thinking to myself, why? Why this stupid inn? Why can't he move his outpost? Was it built on like a... It was built Magical on an ancient Indian burial ground? Yeah, it's not the thing. Like, it's so dumb. So stupid. <laughs> um... Well, I'm assuming, and maybe I'm reading, giving this far too much grace. I'm assuming part of it, at least, is that the the rest of the area where we could look towards the inn, look for to replace the inn, has all been commercialized at this point, right? Well, yes. So yeah. that part, that part, I get. They can't do. They just can't replace it because there's no air no available space in this area well, well, and santa probably only... likes old houses the same way i do if only santa had some magic i could make a sleigh and reindeer fly it's unreasonable he obviously needs the outpost for the magic i don't understand where the problem is here anthony <laughs> yeah we don't understand it's clear Sorry. as day Clear as day. <laughs> Sorry that this Santa Claus doesn't live up to my Christmas sensibilities. I'm gonna go walk over to uh, the Santa Claus in a Christmas store and tell him I want a better. I want three hours of my life back from watching this film so many times. That was I, entirely your choice, by the way. I was gonna say you have nobody to blame but yourself for for that. <laughs> sadomasochistic <laughs> journey you. you took yourself on <laughs> you know what I, i'm sorry that i care about our listeners and i wanted to be able to provide them with an honest take and opinion on this movie yeah i'm all for that but good lord <laughs> three times that's excessive <laughs> if you don't know by the second time man maybe you're not maybe you're just not going to get there uh-huh. oh boy uh, in the end, she decides to stay there. Everybody's happy. She and Dermot Mulroney are going to take one magical, another. They're going to take one another as lovers. <laughs> it's not like Hallmark. Awkward way to put That's it. That's Lifetime. <laughs> 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 that's a hot ghost of Christmas, Tom. Come on. That, that's that's hot ghost of Christmas. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. That just felt like the thing to say when I was thinking about this movie. Um, it all is well in the end and everybody smile and giggles and she has a magical tube slide in her house that takes her right to the North Pole. What the F was the point? Oh, but I don't oh, know. We took her to the North Pole. I just saw it taking her downstairs. No, it took her to the North Pole, didn't it? It was downstairs like Tom. Oh, yeah, it just, well, it just, what would be the point of that? It just opened up. I don't know. What was the it point was, of any of this? <laughs> so I will uh, say, 
Yes. This Hallmark movie did, ha- and what pushed it over the edge for me in liking it more than the first North Pole is I like movies where people restore houses or where people are in old houses and a love story blooms and Dermot Mulroney's in it. So this ticked off a few boxes <laughs> for me. I think that's the only reason why I liked it more than the first one. It's definitely not I'll say dirt. the script. It's not the content. Or, I mean, it's not the the story. It's like the setting. I'll say Dermot Mulroney never looked so A-list than he did in this movie with those clowns he was acting with. I think Anthony may have a crush on Bailey Madison. Is that what I'm getting out of this? What the? <laughs> <laughs> Please give so, me Lori Laughlin, man, and not making me sound like a creep. <laughs> man, I used to love Lori Laughlin too. Such a bummer, dude. She was like, she was the coolest. She was. She was awesome, Aunt Becky. She was. She married Uncle Jesse. Um, Uncle Jesse. Yeah, man. And then I mean, tells Uncle Jesse in Fuller House she wants another kid when they're both about to retire. <laughs> oh, is that the storyline? <laughs> yes. How about that. And he doesn't want. And they make kid. it. And they make that decision in about a day. He's like, no, no, we're too old. And the next day, okay. And then Fuller House, everyone's happy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) sounds like a sitcom to me. Dumb. (laughs) I'm so dumb. So dumb. Dumb. (laughs) Julia, you have... I think that all the time now. I I know it. I'm on a conference call and I just hear dumb. So dumb. It came out at my Mother's Day dinner. <laughs> it's just the best thing ever. Oh man, it makes me just really, really happy. You know what makes me really, really happy? What made me really, really happy was when I reached the end credits three times. <laughs> I still, I'm just confused about why so much. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, it was only, it was literally only because we got pushed back. That's how I squeezed it that third time. And so that was my fault. It was my fault because I pushed. Why would you want to? Why would you want to? (laughs) Because this movie is so unmemorable to me. I needed to watch it and have it top of mind so that I can at least talk to some of the things going on in it, or at least have my rage-fueled fire stoked before I came on to talk about it. So mission accomplished. You need drop that. the ba- dro- drop the banner behind me. Mission accomplished. So, does this have a Linus moment in your opinion? The whole movie is a Linus moment for Lori Laughlin. It is. She has a Linus moment. I disagree, and that's not me trolling. I disagree because her Linus moment is revoked because Julia said she went from "I have to save the sin" blah 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 to well, but then she, she comes back to it. She a Linus she- moment should be strong enough. She shouldn't. Oh, that wait, I feel between. like, I feel like <laughs> we're adding a qualifier. This late Yeah, I feel like that qualifier could nullify a few pe- things we've already watched. People can waffle okay. in their Linus moment. All that matters is, is the Linus moment achieved by the time the end credits roll. Yup. And it was in this one. Julia's not wrong, Coach, Anthony. Julia, for you, I will agree. If there's a if it was Tom making this argument, I would vehemently dig in. But because it's you, I would agree. I appreciate that. Well, how no do we problem. feel on the Christmas atmosphere in this movie? 
big dud. So I won't say it was a total dud. My problem with it was that it was so fake. Like, how do you have a house this beautiful and not showcase it at the end, except by putting a couple strands of CGI lights on because, you know, now it's a magic house, I guess. So one of my pet peeves about houses and films or living spaces and films (laughs) is when it is so staged, it doesn't look lived in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It does. It does. But this is an inn. Okay. And I feel like that's different. Right. I have a, yeah, I have a bigger problem with they should, they, they had a lot to work with here on making it look Hallmark Christmassy at the end. And they didn't. And why not? You have storehouses full of Christmas junk from all of your other Christmas movies. Why couldn't you have like done this place up at the end? And the North Pole is so awful and distracting in its terrible CGI that none of it feels like Christmas. And the music was not good enough to save the atmosphere either for me. No, it wasn't. So, I mean, I don't think there's any denying it's a Christmas film, but the Christmas atmosphere... You're not down with? Lacking. Lacking, exactly. Especially for Hallmark. Like, Hallmark... that's the one thing Hallmark usually gets. Right? I mean, that, like, was, yeah. that was why part of the reason we scored, or Julia at least scored, The Nine Lives of Christmas so low. She said it yeah. wasn't the story. It was the fact that there was no snow at all. Because yeah. let's face it, Hallmark should not set any movies was Tom in the California. That, that was me. Yeah. But it didn't have the Christmas feels I would expect. Also a movie about fixing a house up with a cute guy. See a trend? I like it. So low on atmosphere, but it does have a Linus moment. I'm sure this will affect our ratings. Do you want to go first or last, Anthony? I will go first because I'm ready for once, and I know I'm always a waffler. So I thought to be completely, completely fair, I could not score it a flat zero. I could not rate it Eight Crazy Nights or Kirk Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas Bad. However, Eight Crazy Nights. (laughs) However, I could also not rate it All I Want for Christmas is You good. And that was before we started simplifying our scores, which was, and I given that one a 0.0001. So as such, I can't give it a zero. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I, I have to, to be true and fair to these movies. And because... Google does the math for us. It's not making our life difficult. <laughs> I'm going to get point zero 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 one five zeros one. This is as low as you can get without hitting actual zero for me. And the only thing that saves it is, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a little line is <laughs> moment, but if push comes to shove, I think I would rather watch Kirk saving Kirk Cameron saving Christmas on the condition I could do it in a mystery science theater type of way. Sure. If I had to watch one of these movies straight, it probably would be this one, but just slightly, which is where that comes from. So there you go. <laughs> what about y'all? I'm coming in at a four because I gave North Pole 3.75 and I like this one just a smidge more. I'm going to go with 0.65. That gives this movie a 1.5501. Whew. Which puts it 
at, whoo boy, number 82 on our list. In between, I'll be home for Christmas and trading places. Whoo. Wow. How many movies do we have on our list? We have 94. Wow. Ooh, that's down there. Well, we've covered more than 94, but right. they're, those are, they're tied movies. So, wow. ranking, it's 82. That's rough. That's rough. And you watched it three times. That's I'll rough. Anthony, you've got a, let's go on to something happier. You have a question of the week from a listener for us today, right? I do have a question of the week. I really like this question of the week. So, again, listener Gary Blauman has been asking us to bring back the question of the week. And thanks to him and other listeners, you've been delivering questions, tons of questions. We have at least a month's worth left. So this week we've chosen, whoa, watch it, buddy, on Reddit. (laughs) His question of the week for us. (laughs) If you could combine three Christmas movie plots into one mega movie, which three movies would you pick? And for a challenge, they often start with the same letter. I'm and not as doing Tom, see that part. As Tom put it, whoa, you added some serious complexity there. I'm going to have to think about this one. So I'm disregarding the second part of the challenge, personally. <laughs> that, that, that makes it harder. But I do think I have the three I'd combine into one movie. Okay, I was not able to come up for anything on this one. So What did you have, Anthony? Yeah, I'm uh, interested. Okay. <laughs> so I, Santa Claus, a movie. Elf and Christmas Vacation. I so wish spell I spell that out for us. What's the yes. plot? Okay, so you would take the first half of Santa Claus the movie, essentially, where he's becoming Santa. Okay, and it's already established in that film they have always wanted kids, never could have children. True. One day, baby climbs into the bag. Buddy the elf, they raise them as their own. Eventually, it comes to the point they have to tell him, you are not an elf. Right. They tell him this story. Your dad is Clark Griswold. So, different, be a different dad in terms of he's not lacking the Christmas spirit. But it would be just as... I, could, I would like to see that dynamic where Buddy the Elf goes to the Griswold family and tries to ingratiate himself with them. So, that's my movie. <laughs> They did not all and, start with the same letter. And, no, it didn't. But I think those three just made sense to me. They fit well in that type of plot. I wish I could have chosen the Santa Claus version of Santa, but it just didn't work. It had to be Santa Claus the movie for me. But if I wanted to sprinkle in some of that, I would make Comet one of his reindeer and Bernard one of the elves up there and Judy just to get some representation. Yeah, I can see Bernard getting annoyed with Buddy in the workshop for not meeting his quota. <laughs> oh, absolutely. How funny. I'm doing four movies, not three. Pulling oh, in Jerry who's, Davila. Who's cheating tonight? Both of y'all are. So <laughs> I am doing The Grinch, Elf, Home Alone, and Last Christmas. Buddy the Elf finds out he's not really an elf, but his dad is The Grinch. He goes to the Grinch's cave to try to get to his dad. The Grinch booby traps the place and physically tortures Buddy the Elf, but he doesn't give up. 
when he gets to the Grinch, he finds out his dad has been dead this whole time. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) All set to the lovely dulcet tones of George Michael. Oh, uh, no, I think they all have to be, if you want to add one more, Tom, since you went ultra-violent, you have to use Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight, which was the song, What's His Name, Cleaned Up the House, Dirt Better Watch Out. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and after this realization, and, you know, that he had been torturing himself, uh, he goes back and takes out Santa and becomes this evil Santa, and we suddenly have Santa slay. I think I just ruined a bunch of Christmas movies in one foul swoop. But more seriously, I think I'd like to take some things that don't necessarily... I think I'd like to do something through the... a a continuation of a... a, not a continuation, but a redeeming of a certain movie. I would take that uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Klaus, and an Arthur Christmas thing. So we see how Santa was created, right? Um, we, we see that Santa came this way and now he's, you know, he's living in this, this place out and trying to help this town that's, that's infighting. A, an unexpected character comes in, he takes him on, and then at the end, Santa just disappears and this new character is continuing the legacy of Santa. So Santa gets some rest in retirement or dies, you know, whatever. I don't know. Huh, I could see that. Anthony, there's our movie we make right there. Santa origin story, Santa taking on an apprentice, Santa giving it over to the apprentice. It's just a bummer that two of those movies you mentioned, he does not even like. But that's why I said I want to redeem them. Like, Oh, okay. I think Klaus, I liked Klaus, and I think that had it been a little different, Anthony would have too. Mm-hmm. So listeners, head over to our... Wait, Julie, you don't have an answer? I oh, don't Julie have an answer. She doesn't have an answer. Mm-mm. Do you at least like our ideas? I love your ideas. I would watch those ideas. I don't know how you would do that with the same letter, starting with the same letter. No, I don't either. Well, Disco54 wrote in that thread, given that C, S, and T are really popular as start letters, it's not that difficult. I think we could combine... Is it? <laughs> I think we could combine the Family Stone... The Christmas Chronicles and the Christmas Candle. Go, Julia. Uh, <laughs> not a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those choose your own adventure books. That's an adventure Christmas I don't edition. want. <laughs> I just yeah. listed an adventure I don't choose. Actually, Tom, Tom, that would be a good Patreon idea to uh, just flush those out a little more. Obviously, not write it, but flush them out more. <laughs> Well, if we're going to go that far, we might as well just write the darn things, right? So, do you guys realize we're recording this episode on May 13th, a very historical day in TV history for two reasons. In 2004, Frasier came to an end on this day. And nine years ago, our friends in Pawnee made the mistake of drinking snake juice and getting drunk as anything. They- they did. Oh, how funny, funny is that? Well, we've, we've brought back this question of the week, y'all. And we've given you a lot to think about, thanks to our listeners. Why don't you go ahead and answer the question, how, what, holiday, what holiday Christmas movies would you mash up? Go ahead and tell those to us on our Facebook, Instagram, Facebook group, Twitter, or Reddit. 
And to make things super easy for you, we have created short links. So you can just go to tis the podcast slash Facebook, Facebook group, Reddit, Twitter, or Instagram, and get linked to our social media sites. We love engaging with, with y'all. We love hearing from you. So take just a couple of minutes, go to that link, and you can be a part of our world. Part Aww. of your world. Tisapodcast.com will also bring you to our list. So we have been going on for almost three years now, believe it or not. So our list is huge, which mm -hmm. I think the three of us realized when we did that Christmas quarantine game a few weeks ago and realized we just about covered every Christmas movie listed in those six houses. <laughs> but yeah, so check out the list. I think uh, you, I think there are some, some prizes there when you look at where things are ranked all together. So <laughs> definitely not all good. Mm -mm. So you could also visit tisapodcast.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash tisapodcast, whichever you prefer. And for as little as a dollar per month, you can get bonus Christmas episodes. Bonus episodes in general, not all Christmas. We have, we just released a commentary for the Santa Claus with, which we recorded with Jerry Davila of Totally Rare Christmas. Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter and April Riley. And that April was a lot of Riley. fun. Of April Riley. Yeah, April Riley of April Riley. Of April Riley. Uh, Self-proclaimed <laughs> wrestling fan. Is that what, how we can describe her? And marathoner. And marathoner. Um, and one of our few Jewish listeners, which is pretty cool. Uh, so check that out. That was a lot of fun to record, the six of us. Um, we also have an elf commentary up there. We have other holiday stuff, Halloween stuff. We already recorded our Halloween episode for later this year. Beetlejuice, as you guys voted. That won't be dropped until later this year, but that's in the pipeline already. We'll have Thanksgiving stuff coming. We have bonus Easter stuff up there, extended episodes. And if you want to pledge more than a dollar, uh, you can get stickers or depending how much you want to give, maybe even co-host an episode with us which is always fun uh that's my i love doing those episodes y'all i love doing our fireside chats and we have another fireside check dropping for you very shortly with a listener you might have heard mentioned a few times the, the show president hot dog which i'm really excited to do me too and i'm gonna say joining patreon as a patron is worth it for one thing alone, and it is to hear Tom's Godzook's voice. Godzook's <laughs> voice in the Easter Bunny is coming to town bonus episode. That's right. That's right. That'll hook uh, you. We do, and I'm throwing this out here right now so you guys can hold me to it because I'll forget otherwise. I'm hoping one of us remembers. First question we need to ask President Hot Dog when we do our fireside chat. How did you come up with your name? Yeah. 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 That's yeah, the most important question. The okay. most important question. Sarah asked me that earlier when <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I because I've wondered too. Like where? I don't even know. I don't know. So it that's question pretty, number one. It seems pretty self-explanatory, really. And um, there's another just bonus episode coming up that I recorded recently with 
April Riley talking Broadway. So look out for that. Oh, that's fun. So, so fun. So fun. So Thanks fun. for the invite so on fun. that one, Anthony. We were recording four times this week. I... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whatever, you're embarrassed of us. We get it. Embarrassed of you two. Um, I've got the... Uh, in case you're wondering, I'm playing the sad Snoopy song in my head right now. <laughs> Which one is that? Christmas time is here. The vo- yeah. the voiceless version that they always play is when Charlie Brown is sad. Is that the sad Snoopy song? It is. Oh, that's I think so it's, funny. It, I think it's sad. I think Snoopy. I think uh, Snoopy Come Home had a sadder Snoopy song in it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I love that movie. That one's so sad, isn't it? That one is it's so, so sad. sad. That one used to uh, just really tear me up. But yeah, Patreon, check it out. Worth your while now. We are holding true to our New Year's resolution of getting mm-hmm. at least one episode up per month. It only took a it. it only took a global pandemic. <laughs> it only took a global pandemic. We can't promise we'll keep up the speed next year. <laughs> but who knows at this rate? Maybe we will be able to. I, um, I'm gonna bet uh, that we will be. <laughs> uh, and if you want a free way to support the show, besides just downloading our regular episodes every week. Leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, every new review helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year by helping new listeners find us. So please do that. What are we doing next week? A really good Christmas movie, right? Oh, no. That's not right. Not at all. (laughs) I was about to say, Julia, spoiler alert. I didn't know you liked that movie. (laughs) Yeah. Next week, if you want to get a jump on that homework, we do want you to come back and join us. We will be covering 2006's deck, The Halls, with Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick and the Oklahoma great Kristen Chenoweth and Kristen Davis. There's two Kristens in this movie. And I can't wait to reveal what the two of them have to say about this movie when we talk about this movie. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) More exciting, <laughs> more exciting the week after. I think it's a movie we'll all agree on that will bring lots of Christmas warmth and fuzzy feelings. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, Disney, the three Disney stories with the classic Disney characters, full of the feels and Linus moments. That'll be a nice one to do after next week, I think. I think we need something like that after next week. I Might want to say we need a little Disney Christmas night. right yeah. that very minute. And then after that, and then even more exciting, the week after, we're doing a non-Christmas Christmas movie, maybe, find out, Lethal Weapon with special guest host Todd Killian. There's no question about that. It is a not-Christmas movie. Oh, did I just give a spoiler? We will discuss it. We do have some stuff I am looking forward to on the calendar. I feel like we've been in the doldrums a bit. Well, I feel oh, like the doldrums this week and into the future next week. <laughs> I'm peering into the future and telling you I need something better. It's gonna, We have that coming up, so I'm excited. It gets well, better. Luckily, I think just looking at our list, for the most part, the back half of the year is definitely better than this first half of the year has been. Agree. As it Agree. tends to usually be. As we tend to stack it. Yep. That's right. All right. Deck the halls might not be good news, but we do have other good news. And that is 
we only have 5,328 hours until Christmas. That's only 222 days. Jeez Louise, we are almost out of the 30s. That is 31 weeks, y'all. Guys, we're going to be there before we know it. Yeah, man. And because I'm Anthony, I'm going to add on a cynical downer note. I think we honestly should start preparing that Christmas might be in quarantine this year, y'all. Without it, I have no, I have no doubts whatsoever it will be. But it's not about, you know what? It, that's the Christmas spirit, right? We'll all have our Linus moments and still make Christmas work, even in quarantine. Ellie tonight picked out she wanted to read at bedtime. She wanted to read The Grinch. She twisted my arm. I finally agreed. Um, and I was reminded that maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Oh. Maybe Christmas, maybe Christmas is something more. Um, Truth bomb would, from Ellie. I would rather spend Christmas in quarantine and know that I have my loved ones and to right. blow quarantine and lose anyone. Absolutely. But I only bring this up because we are getting closer and I think people should just prepare for that possibility, that very likely possibility. And you know what? If that is the reality, you can still join us here for the exact same experience you've always had with us over your radio waves, even though it's not radio. Tis the podcast. Your podcast app. We'll okay. still be here. We will. Doing everything we can to give you some Christmas cheer. And honestly, as always. Long. We're your constant. Think of it that way. And think of it this we, way, guys. I like to think of us as the wing beneath, the, beneath y'all's wings. <laughs> I think of it this way. With quarantine going on and the fact that we are just about, <laughs> we only have a few more episodes we have to record for the end of the year like mm -hmm. for the bonus holiday stuff you may get even more bonus holiday stuff we may find it in our hearts to do that for you to keep you going throughout the christmas season that's right like i said we are the wind beneath your wings we're as important as bet midler in your life we're as important as santa's little outposts that keep his sleigh flying <laughs> Yeah, Thank you for acknowledging the importance of that, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad you did. Yeah, that was a joke about how unimportant we are to people. <laughs> it, it, it took you a while to understand it, but I'm glad you got there. I knew, you, I knew you'd eventually get it. Bye, y'all. Bye. Your homework, y'all. Bye. It's Christmas again and everybody's home. The fire's burning bright outside, the lights are glowing We all gather around to celebrate and cheer Let's raise up our glass to another year It's that It's the sleigh bells ringing, ding a ling. It's the choir singing, these three kings, everybody's feeling happy. It's Santa's jolly ho ho ho, and the streets are filling up with snow. Oh, Christmas!
so dumb. So dumb. Oh. This is Christmas. Dad is holding my under mistletoe. As they sing. These are